to go over the top. I forgot to go over the top. <laughs> it's it's all the muscles I got right here. <laughs> it's all hidden. I, I hide it. Look at you look at y'all in the replay right there. Oh that, that looks nice. pretty. Even, you even have my head like through. <laughs> Guys, wow. welcome to the What's Right broadcast. It is Wednesday and on Wednesdays I almost quoted Mean Girls right there, but Jade's not on yet so I can't do it. <laughs> I was going to say on Wednesdays we wear pink. You wore pink! Whoa, your wife is going to be so pleased with you when she watches this playback, whenever it's, that happens. I've never is it seen really pink? That's not pink. Yes. That's, that's like that's, salmon. Yeah, I'd say it's more salmon. Which is in the pink family. Mm, it's got more white in it than it's pink. But is it white? No. There are, this is Marky's like favorite color pink. It's like a blush salmon-y pink. I don't think... I don't Somewhere think I will have Marky on my side with this. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Very quickly, yes. That's I mean, I'm not afraid to wear pink. I had a very, very like neon pink polo for the longest time. Did you have Did you have one of those shirts that say "Tough guys wear pink"? Because I totally had one of those in middle <laughs> no. school. I definitely had one of those. Kevin says he's loving your shirt as usual. Yours. Thank you. Thank you. Not that yours is not also great, buddy, but the com. The I like your shirt, buddy. No, thank you. <laughs> thank y'all for hopping on today. Make sure that you go ahead and share the broadcast. We have an awesome episode coming up for you today. So make sure that you share it, comment, and say hello. So that way we can say hello back to you. My husband is Hola. on. He has been commenting up a storm. He's also on his way in. So George will be here. Ooh. George is coming here? He's coming. <laughs> We're super excited to have you on. Share the broadcast. Pastor Brian is not with us today, but he says hello, and he loves y'all, and thanks for watching. It is going to be a good one, so make sure you share. Pastor Nicole, I'm assuming this is Pastor Nicole. There's not signed anything other than a purple heart, but buddy, that shade of gray is on point. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. 
Kevin, I think he was talking about me. Ke George's comment up above was, who's the new girl? And Kevin's <laughs> response right there was, I'm going to assume you're talking about Paul. Mm. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, I think George yeah. was talking about the fact that my hair got chopped off yesterday. So he has been teasing me, not teasing, but making that sort of comment. Okay, we have three questions. I picked them because the guys were going to be on today and I felt like they would have great answers. So ready, get set, buckle up. Question numero uno. I don't know if we'll be able to see it. We will. Okay, I'll read it to you. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Oh. Like, other than water. Like, you can swim in anything other than water. What would you swim in? And I knew that your eyebrow would do that, which is why. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's got, like, the people's eyebrow going right now. If you could swim in any liquid. Like, I don't know as though this is 100% my answer, but I feel like... Pudding could be fun. I know that's not liquidy, mm. but it's on that side. Like, jello could be a fun time. Is jello a liquid, though? I don't know. It depends mm. on how seriously we're going to take I the liquid portion. I think now. it's a gel. No. Probably. Gel a tin. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> have you seen those weird. Okay, Milk. I'm not going to say weird. Well, have Ew. you seen those pictures? Because you can drink it, and then you can just pour oh. the box of cereal wherever you're at, <laughs> oh and you can gosh. swim, drink, and eat at the same no, time. Oh. The, there's a trend amongst Patrick like sweet tea. teenagers that where they like take pictures in like a milk bath, like just of their head. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah, you seen yeah. those? They're They'll do that super with babies. Weird. Like babies will do that in like uh, their newborn pictures mm -hmm. with rose petals and stuff, and then yeah. it's them. See, I was yeah, thinking which, I can, I can weird. get exercise, I can hydrate, and I can eat at the same time. And milk. What if it gets Don't hot though? Throw the bowl of cereal in the pool. And just what if it gets hot? Like, you, do you not have you not ever had a warm glass of milk? No, I haven't because it sounds well, gross. So Serena, do you remember um, in our youth group we did bobbing for bananas in a in a, a pool of milk? Uh, it was so disgusting. Yeah, that so disgusting. Really so like it sounds in theory, <laughs> it sounds good, but it's Johnny super Shaver, gross. Johnny Shaver, take notes. Um, I was gonna say liquid gold, but I would probably burn and die. Like Kentucky yeah, Fried Chicken because it had to be melted. Unless it was Kentucky Fried Chicken liquid gold. Okay, mm. so Serena, that's, good that's sauce. a solid. That's a yes, Chick-fil-A sauce. That's, that's my liquid. Chick-fil-A sauce. Serena Polynesian. Said, <laughs> we're going to go dip in sauce, Polynesian. Polynesian. Y'all just pray because this is, this is how this broadcast is going right now. No. Huh? Serena says coffee hot tub, perhaps, which sounds uh, awesome. I'm assuming you're a coffee hot tub? I think that sounds amazing. Like That's a good call. Cold brew coffee? No, it's a hot tub. That sounds... I think that Serena's mm. mom Edelstein. said tomato sauce, and I'm down with that one too. See, tomato sauce? Yeah. Um, That's Johnny says jello. Holly says honey. Honey Someone would be really sticky. Said like, maple could you syrup, swim in honey? And that sounds awesome. Like, I feel like it'd be like. Maple syrup. Would it depend on how uh, thick it was? What, the maple syrup? Yeah, like I, the honey and stuff? I don't You'd know. You'd definitely just, build up a resistance. Yeah, I'm just like thinking. Getting out of it, yeah. How, like you get you get some syrup yeah. on your fingers and yeah, that's and that's true. there for like the rest of the day. I wouldn't. Okay, what would you want? That that brings up a great point. What would you want to smell like after this? Like I could be down mm. with smelling like coffee from a coffee hot tub, but smelling like milk. Like, have you ever gotten pied in the face and then you smell the whipped cream forever? I would not want no, my body to smell like that. No, because I just eat the whipped cream like off my face. I'm like, ugh, spoiled milk all day long. No way. Did you give an answer? You yeah, said Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Oliver would say ketchup or ranch. Ketchup or ranch. Ranch, ranch isn't a bad decision either. 
Okay, question number two. Be Bum, hungry the rest of the night and smell yourself. Okay, I figured <laughs> you guys would have interesting opinions. How many days in a row can a person wear the same pair of pants before it becomes a problem? How many days in a row can you wear the same pair of pants mm. without washing them me before and, it becomes a problem? Me and Jade, this is, this is where Jade will keep a pair of pants mm -hmm. for a couple days. I feel like girls and guys are very I different am, with this. If I wear them today, they're not getting worn tomorrow. Or the next, they're going to go in the washing machine before they're put back on. Well, does that have to do with your job, though? Cause no, like these right here, even though I'm going to wear them for a few hours. Go home, take them, throw them in the laundry basket. Interesting. I'm, a, I'm like full transparency. I'm already on day three with these. Absolutely. Because see, after you wear, Absolutely. But see, after you wear them like once. This is day number two with these pair day of two? pants. But 100%. do they not like feel different? Like no. if you put them on and then after you wore them like, like the second time, they're like looser and them. stretchier. And... I guess like if they're ones that stretch out, I would, but I don't have many pairs of jeans that do that. Mm. I, I do get, the same thing with shirts too. Well, shirts are, I feel like shirts are different. I feel but like I'm one of those people, like, more. if I sleep in a pair of shorts, they're going to go in the <laughs> washing machine. I'm not, like. Kevin says 25 days, but after 26, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> 20, that's very specific. Pastor Nicole says, it's not the days that matter as much as what they do in their britches. That's true. An office worker can wear it for several days, but not a carpenter. That's true. Um, <laughs> Serena says three or four days, but they do get loose. Becca says three, unless they get dirty, then they need to be washed right away. I, I can do definitely three or four. Like, I, I can get behind four. But if, which if, goes to another question, though. At least another, are you an everyday weird, shower? For the most part, yeah. Well, see, if, if I didn't. Okay, so if you, if you take a shower every day because you obviously you think you're dirty, but if you wore those pants and those pants are on your dirty body, but you want to wash your body, but not your pants, so then wouldn't you be putting dirty pants on a clean body? You can say it as fast as you want, but that doesn't make. I'm just. Say, I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm gonna. My skin's gonna be clean, but I'm gonna put dirty clothes on my, my clean skin. I like. I want to be clean. Yes, but I care about how I I'm smell. Saying it's a valid point so brought up by Paul So if the pants smell, I'm not gonna put on smelly <laughs> pants. Like if there's an odor, I'm not gonna wear them because that's disgusting. But if they're pretty much clean, then I'm. I'm. I'm fine. I to, don't have a problem. To be honest, going into this conversation like if I knew the question before I would have totally flip-flopped like I would have assumed that you would be the clean and you'd be the dirty nope. but I'm, I'm intrigued now yeah Paul. but he has a point like I and I'm I'm on day three but that does make sense so I mean I'm not going to change my habits because I understand it's like it's who I am but you have a point there mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie so would you wear the same socks multiple days no because that's disgusting <laughs> it's just, it's on your body well, my feet sweat more than my legs do which is Valid point. Thank you, buddy. You're both right. That's true. Mm -hmm. I like the judgmentalized. <laughs> shifty. Paul doesn't like mm -hmm. it being a tie. Like he likes it being my, one or the other. My seat backs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question number three. Bump that up. I did not call Bear dirty. <laughs> I just said I did not. Okay. I I'll, I picked this one specifically for Paul. <laughs> what personal oh. trait has gotten you into the most trouble? <laughs> I felt like that would be. Ha! Thank you, there's, Becca Beard. There's Hello, George. Uh, Hi, George. George's <laughs> answer would be different than mine, I think, with the jeans. George, how many days in a row can you wear the same pair of jeans without it being gross? Well, the question was pants. Yeah. So, okay, well... In the army, in the field, if, if you're going to talk, you need to come closer. George, join us. And they slip 
George says in the <laughs> army you can do 30 plus pairs and 30 plus days. 30 plus days. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's saying. <laughs> 30 pairs in a day. He can do 30 pairs in one day every every half hour. Yes. So we we <laughs> So you can do 30 plus days in the field, but then they have to be thrown in the corner and they stand by themselves. So it's very, very bad, and you have to burn them later. But just oh. regular day work, yeah. three to four How days. do they stand by themselves? <gasps> George, we're on the same team! Um, like, oh, it's because of all the sweat and all that stuff. I've literally put them in their own corner, and they just stand, stand there. It's like they're starched. Stay put. Don't move. <laughs> yes. and, and tops, too. We are stand rarely there. on the same side with this. With this, look at you and me. Yeah, well, no pants is, unless they're sweaty or dirty, then, then you yeah. do them. But, uh, and then showering every day. Socks, you gotta change them every single day. Every single day. I'm one mm -hmm. of those guys. Thank every you. bit of clothes gotta be changed every single day. Thank you, George. It's rare that I, that I don't, but yeah, I can, I usually change them up. Okay, so the things that get you in trouble. Pastor Nicole says her sassy mouth has gotten her in trouble. <laughs> no. Um, Johnny says not having a filter. Kevin says being highly critical. Uh, Becca says, hi, George. Kevin says, my friend watching with me says she's not being sensitive, or she not being sensitive to people's feelings has gotten her in trouble. Mm. I get that. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble there. Okay, what trait has gotten you guys in trouble? I have a few. Yeah, I immediately went to like grade school with talking too much. That was my mm. first one. I feel like as an That's... adult, I have others. <laughs> that one's gotten me in some trouble. Because it leads into the... Once you start talking, then you forget, and then you just keep talking, and then you forget that you might say something, and then the complete honesty comes out. So lack uh, of filter? Yep, nope, yep. I don't think I've really had that problem, because <laughs> um, I'm more of a listener. Is yours I, observing and not well, helping when people are in, in times of trouble? Is, is that <laughs> yours? <laughs> okay. Yesterday, was it yesterday or two? Last week. Last week. Last week, Barrett was, was working on like the sound stuff. They got the headphones in the back. And, um, and like I'm, I'm sitting there watching, and she's getting ready to, to cross over to the, to the media thing on the other side of the room. It's and big. I'm sitting there watching. She still has the headphones on, and I she sure starts do. walking. I and, sure and I'm like, this is not going to end well. But I didn't say anything because. Bystander. He's a bystander. Is what it was. He let it happen. Like, did you did you ever thing. watch those shows? Like, <laughs> there, there, there was a show called but like. This was not intentionally to like just laugh. Oh, mine would have been. I just didn't. Do it. <laughs> I didn't do it to laugh. I just didn't do it because because I didn't. Because I would have probably also. I didn't this. know this until earlier. <laughs> I did not know this until earlier today. And Buddy's like, I I need to get it off. I, just I had to confess to you. But she starts walking, and lo and behold, just. Pull, pulls on the headphones. Yep. So glad I wasn't there, here. there was a show called, um, I forget what it was called, but like, what would you do? And yep. they like set up like really horrible <laughs> scenarios in like public places yep. to see if people would respond. And there was like always only one person that responded. Yep. And I and like everyone else probably felt like jerks and like I didn't do anything. But like, that, I would have been one of those people just to sit back, unless like someone was being like murdered. Yeah. If it's something that's gonna be if funny, it's like oh, I'm gonna bad, sit back and watch. Yeah. If, if it's, it's something bad, I'm gonna help. Yeah, like, but, yeah. Abby I'm, says she has no bad traits. See, in... Yeah. Humility. Murphy says stubbornness. In ninth grade, <laughs> I sat in every desk in my U.S. history class. 
they put me in a class and I knew I was I was always I knew everybody or I made friends with everybody. And literally my teacher put me from one side of the room to the other side, back and forth to every desk and finally he was like, What do I have to do to get you to stop talking? I was like, Can't. I was like, I know everybody in this room. I was like, Do you want to talk? I was like, You can sit me by your desk and we can talk too. <laughs> like <laughs> he just gave up on me. He gave up. Yeah, I think mine has been uh, the mix of talking too much and not having enough of a filter on how it's delivered. I think as an adult, that's where it's been, because I, shock, I'm a very like to-the-point person, and so I'll think I'm just communicating, and Abby and I have talked about this publicly, or Marky, either of them. We, we talked about it on Truth Talk. Like I'll think I'm just talking, and they'll come back and be like, are you okay? Like, is everything fine? Good? I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. Yes, let's. <laughs> I need. I've needed to grow in that. <laughs> my 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 voice is when it gets me in trouble a lot because my voice is deep. So sometimes whenever I'm just talking, like <laughs> it sounds like I'm upset or I'm angry. <laughs> so like whenever I talk to Scarlett, I have to okay. So, Mr. Rogers, what should we? Yeah, because if I go in there, I'm like, Scarlett, why is your room? Like, I don't know. It's like nobody's yelling at you. You're yelling at me. No. I assumed I was teasing you, and I didn't let you talk. I'm very sorry. What was yours? I gave you one. Oh, no, see, that helps. That way, I don't have to think for myself. Um, You're welcome. I'm here to do that yeah. for everybody. No, I would probably say procrastination. I'm one of those. Guys. See, I've got a list. A bad one with like me. you're just listing out all of them right yes. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just glad I'm not in high school anymore or college, you know. So it's not as big of a. I mean, it's still a problem. Well, I've gotten better. Why did I do that? I'm so <laughs> excited you just did that. I've gotten better. I got better. <laughs> do you know what that's from? She turned me into a newt. Um, anyway, uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, but. Uh, I've gotten, I've gotten better. I've gotten better. I'm so excited this just happened. <laughs> Moving on. Is there another question? I, I waited. Um, My press. <laughs> I can't even speak. Miss Randy says that hers would probably be being late. Uh, Kevin says, Paul, you have that voice that commands my attention. I... Becca says Monty Python. At first, I thought that was her thing that's gotten her in trouble, and I realized oh. she was guessing the movie you were talking about. Um, Abby says that you just turned into Tom Holland. He, he's British. Yeah. It's true. People say I look like him. Could you talk like that for the rest of the broadcast? Well, Can we do this yep. for the rest of the broadcast? I, I don't but have If you a turned good... into him, you'd be Apollo Ashes. Oh, Abby in the sound booth has gasped. Somewhere. Just dust in the wind. Please, Mr. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> oh my gracious. George wants so, you to Mr. Say, Stark. Mr. Stark, I don't feel I I don't feel so good. Mr. Stark, I don't feel good. I don't think he said it like that in the movie. I don't movie. think he did either, but I just want you to speak in a British accent for the rest of the thing now. No, I don't have a very good British accent. <laughs> Serena's over here on the side going, he doesn't. He really doesn't. I don't I can try, but it's not good. I still want to hear hear George's. George's yeah, is George. pretty excellent. <laughs> okay, so before we get super derailed, because Pastor will watch the replay of this and be like, guys, what are you doing? Well, that and Jesus. But 
Today we are going we are going to be talking about the man who would be king, but we're not going to go any further in the series like as far as in in the Bible. We're not going to read any new chapters until pastor is on the broadcast with us. But we're going to talk about some of the things as you probably saw in the title. We're going to be talking about things that we have learned in our lives that we can apply that we've taken from this series. Um, when I was talking to Buddy while you were taking your test outside, the, I was watching the, the replay of yesterday's, and there was a couple things that really stuck out to me. And George was telling me that Pastor had actually talked about this at the beginning of Impact last night, too. You know, yesterday he talked about um, Abigail and David, and at the very early on in the broadcast when he started teaching, he was talking about how love gives, leadership gives. And what immediately came up to me is we have, um, we have a saying here in our leadership training that we do and in the church that leaders do whatever it takes. You know, you don't just do your best. You do whatever it takes to get the job done. And a lot of times it seemed that, I know I did, like I, for years, I would want the title of being a leader, like, oh, I've accomplished this, and I've accomplished this, and I had this many titles <coughs> under my belt. But counting the cost of what real, true leadership is wasn't something that I had ever done. And when you start to take inventory, like pastors on part 27, like today's part 28, we have 28 episodes filled with Leaders do this. Leaders do not do this. Leaders do this. And they're all different. Like, it's yeah. not like he's just repeating the same point. It's different points every single day. When you take inventory of what being a leader really is, it, it can feel almost daunting. Like it definitely makes, it should make you take pause before yeah. accepting that. Um, yeah. And so we can go wherever the Lord takes us. But that's the part that just really stuck out to me was how many times have I just settled on having the title, or how many times have I um, done my best, but I haven't done what it's taken to be that sort yeah. of servant leader mm. and what that looks like. Well, I think when we got here and Buddy was talking about doing the arm wrestling thing, I told him it was really funny because one of the things that always stand out with me when we talk about David and leadership and everything is that when the world told him that there was a reason for him to be nervous going up against Goliath, he didn't listen to the world because he knew who he stood with. He knew God was going to lead him to a victory. And as a leader, if we were presented with problems and we don't have that mentality that we're going to go through that problem, that we're going to, it's going to, we're going to win that battle, then what kind of leader are you really being? What kind of example are you setting that if when the pressure gets on, you just fold your cards and say, I can't do this. But David didn't have that mentality. He knew that God was with him and God was behind him and God was going to make him victorious in the situation. And I mean, with in the business, like there's been days where like, like yesterday was a day that just nothing seemed like it was wanting to go right. And it had been easy just to say, you know what? I quit. Like I'm going to pack it up. But no, what did I do? I pushed through even longer, worked longer than what I needed to work because I wasn't going to let something like that come in. And even though it was just me on the job, but if even with just yourself, if you don't set that standard with just yourself, then when somebody's around you, how easy is it going to be to fold on yeah. that? So sometimes we have to have that mentality that no matter what the situation looks like in front of us, we know that we're victorious in that situation already. 
and trust in, in the Lord to take us through it and not just be, well, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. I don't know if I got the energy to do it. I would just, no, that's not, that's not what a leader, being a leader is. A leader, you have to set an example, and that's what David did. He said, pretty much, y'all can be in fear and all that, but I know who I'm called to be. I know what the Lord's going to do. He's already done this, this, and this in my life. He'll see me through this too. Watch. And then when Goliath was sitting there bashing him, he didn't hold back. I mean, he was pretty, pretty stout in what he said. Yeah. And that's just a, I think that's a big characteristic that we have to have as a, in, in a leader is that you're willing to see a problem and see it through and not just fold your cards. And that took time to, for David to cultivate, too, because a lot of people just, because for a majority of the Israelites, they never knew David existed until that day when he defeated Goliath. You know, Pastor Brian's talking yeah. about how, like, when you're laying that foundation and God begins to build the house, it, it, like, you can't stop it. And yeah. that's kind of what happened with David was that he spent so much time just shepherding the sheep, taking care of the yep. sheep, like, you know, so much time writing worship songs and, you know, playing yeah. his harp and, you know, flinging the sling, you know, yeah. like do, do like he spent years and years and years developing and cultivating a spirit that had faith in God yeah. so that whenever he came out to the battlefield and he saw this guy, he's, who's this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies yeah. of the living God? You yeah. know, like he knew his God and he knew who was, who had his back. So yeah. like, yeah. he's like, what's this, what's this guy doing? Like, why are we afraid of this guy? Because yeah. He's defying the armies of the living God. I've seen, like, with, you know, basically, I've seen God use me to take out the lion and the bear yep. and all these different things. And, God, see, God began to work him up. But then all of a sudden, through one Philistine, all of a sudden, everyone knew who David was. Yep. They, like, the next chapter, they're singing songs that he slayed his tens of thousands. It's yep. like, like, you know, just one chapter later, and, and like, but David spent time cultivating mm -hmm. that mindset while he's communing with God as a shepherd. Yeah. And so, like, wherever we're at today, like, like this is the time to begin to cultivate that mindset, yeah. to, to, to change the way that we think. This is, the, this, this is the time to start laying that foundation. And then when the Goliath comes, like, once you've cultivated that, you're not going to shrink back. You're yeah. going to stand up. <clears throat> like, who is this to, to come after me? Uh, the Bible says in the book, I think it was David in the book of Psalms, or no, it was Proverbs. So David's son, who, you know, uh, who, yeah. who got a lot of what he, what he learned from David, he said, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is too small. So it's important for us before the day of adversity, because yeah. you don't see people building a house in the middle of a storm. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of times we try to scramble to build a house in the middle of a storm, but but it's the time before the storm. That's when we lay the foundation. That's when we prepare ourselves, you know, internally, spiritually, so that when the day of adversity does come, we'll have the strength that we need to stand up and slay the giant. Yeah. Well, I think what you just said, had the key point in it is that he was communing with God. Yeah. You know, so many people will hear this, and so they'll go and take inventory of, like, mm -hmm. the talents that the Lord's given mm -hmm. them of, you know, I'm a shepherd, I can play music, I can write music, yeah. I'm going to do all these things. But his was birthed out of that intimacy with mm -hmm. the Lord. Like mm -hmm. he's out in the fields without yeah. anybody watching him. Nobody's paying him any bit of attention and he's worshiping God. He's yeah. spending that time with him. Yeah. And because <clears throat> of that intimacy that he had created, he knew what his voice was. Mm -hmm. He knew what he sounded like. Yeah. He knew what his heart, like what pleased him, what didn't mm -hmm. please him. Yeah. Like he knew that. And that intimacy is what births everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, you can 
And pastor preaches a, um, a series called Reset. And in Revelation chapter 2 in the book um, where it's talking about the church of Ephesus, the church did fantastic works. Like they had clearly cultivated their talents. They knew what was good. They knew how to perform. But they had left their first love. They left that intimacy. And so 100% what Buddy just said, absolutely, this is the time to be cultivating. If the Lord hasn't called you yet, like to be an active leader, then you develop yourself, you develop your talents, you develop your gifts, but you develop your ability to have intimacy with the Lord. Like, and that's truly something you can develop. You can develop your ability to hear from him. You can develop your ability to abide in him. And through that intimacy, that's what pleases him. As you abide in him, he can abide in you. And because the Lord abided with David, abode with David, whatever, he was with David. David was able to be the king. He was able to be the leader that people wanted to follow because he increased like Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man through that intimacy. And going back to what you were saying about you know, building your strength up. You don't, when you, like, right now in society, look at athletes. Hey, Lisa, they, don't, they don't make it to that top level just because they wake up one day and say, hey, I want to go play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It takes years of practicing, training, building your body, building the strength up so that when that day and that point in time comes, you're ready and prepared for it. And that's what Paul, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. You know, and was it chapter nine? Whenever he's talking about running the race, you don't just <clears throat> you don't just wake up one day and do it. You got to spend time, and that's where the strength comes from. Is when you're spending that that time in communication and communion with with the Lord. That's where you get. He tells you things, and he talks to you, and shows you things, and teaches you things, and you learn that on Sunday mornings and when you're sitting in services. But it doesn't just stop there. You have to make time in each and every single day that you have for him just to have with him because he's going to show you things and teach you things and strengthen just like David. And when he was tending to the sheep, he was spending time with him talking and the Lord was showing him things and teaching him things then. You just brought up uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and, uh, and that just struck me because I'm just going to read it real quick. Uh, starting in verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but mm-hmm. one receives the prize? Yep. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the part, what sticks out to me there is that Paul, Paul doesn't say just run to finish. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like a, a, a mentality that a lot of people, as long as we drag our sorry behinds across right. the finish line, we that's did. what matters. But, right. but, but he says run so that you obtain the prize. Yep. Uh, basically he's saying like in this life we should, we should, we should almost have the mentality that there's only one prize. You know, well, the prize is, is you know, that communion with God and that intimacy yep. mm-hmm. with God. But we shouldn't run just to finish, you know. Uh, I mean, we should run to win. That, that, that's, that's kind of a, that shows like a desire and a passion and a yeah. striving, you know, and a hunger, I guess. You know, that's the thing yep. that, that, that God's really been showing Pastor Brian is hunger and humility. And like, and you, you see... You know, throughout the Gospels, the people that attracted yeah. Jesus's eye the most were the people who were, were hungry. Anytime you see a crowd in the Gospels, it's usually yeah. to point out someone who's hungrier than the rest. Yeah. The woman with the issue of blood was so hungry, she pushed through. Yeah. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, you know, there's a big crowd and he's shouting, yeah. you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They're tell- the crowd's telling him to be quiet. 
Yeah. But but uh, but the Bible says, and he shouted all the more. You yeah. know, having having <clears throat> that um, that hunger in you, run to it, win the prize. But then, uh, you know, he goes on, uh, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Yep. Uh, where where does that come from? That comes from behind. You know, not not from you know on stage, not from you know where 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 everyone can see you, but yeah. the years you know of of being diligent, abiding in Christ. Yeah. 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 Um, tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Right. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Uh, like we don't, we're not just trying our best, right. you know, to do this. We're, we're running not with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 what we're doing is we're, we're abiding in God and saying, God, what can I do? God, develop yeah. me, strengthen me, use me, yeah. empower me to do what you've called us to do. It's not just, you know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm just trying my yeah, best yeah. to finish this race. But, but I'm running with certainty that I'm doing what God's calling me to do. And, and that only comes through abiding in him. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying. It's not just yeah. doing your best. It's doing whatever it takes yeah. to get it done. Well, yeah. and so I was going to hit on that because I hadn't, I, I don't know as though I've thought about it and how you just presented it, that he, in the midst of a crowd, he would always point out the one who was hungrier than the rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to that point, it's not that the other people in the crowd weren't hungry. Like, yeah. they were yeah. hungry enough to get there. Mm-hmm. They were at least, we'll, we'll use the word hungry to be kind to them but you know they were hungry to come out of their homes they were hungry to assemble they were hungry at least to listen but doing whatever it took to get to Jesus is what was the separator and so often it's just I'm going to do enough I'm going to do enough to please everybody I'm going to do enough to make to hit the check the box hit the status quo whatever but when we measure ourselves against God's version of normal and that's Mm -hmm. Jesus what did Jesus's hunger for God push him to do Mm. what did that cause him to become what did it do for David what did that cause him to become where's the separation you know the Lord's not a respecter of persons the Lord if the Lord will do it for one he'll do it for another so if the Lord is willing to promote somebody like David who was a nobody out in the field and yet God saw him the eyes of the Lord roam to and forth throughout the earth seeking those that he can show up on their behalf for like if he's looking for those that are hungry he's willing to do it for one he's willing to do it for you but it's up to us to prove that we'll do whatever it takes lord it doesn't matter what it looks like i'll be here at five in the morning i'll stay till 12 at night i'll serve the pastor if nobody knows my name i'll clean the toilets i'll be here day in day out i'll serve i'll commit nobody needs to know who i am I, i will do whatever it takes because i love you and not to get a promotion mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. sort of things are difference makers for him yeah. because we're being entrusted with him you yeah. know he's entrusted us with himself yeah. you know to whom much is given much is required mm-hmm. we have every bit of the kingdom of heaven within our hands right now we have every bit of god's presence and jesus within our fingertips and it's up to us to show him that we'll be faithful with it yeah. and if we're not then why would he cause us to rise like David if we won't do what David did? I think one of the best examples, I think, of doing whatever it takes when we're talking about, you know, Jesus and the crowds and everything, is when they lower him down through the roof. Mm-hmm. Not only was it, I mean, they had done enough yeah. getting him there. Yeah. But they said, this isn't enough. 
Yeah. We're going to get you in the presence if we have to climb a roof yeah. and lower you through the roof. Yeah. yeah, That's what doing whatever it takes. It's not just getting there. It's going above and beyond that yeah. point to make sure you're there yeah. in full capacity, ready to receive it. And yeah. I, that's when you were talking about that, I was just, yeah. I mean, the hemorrhaging lady and all that, but to get to there and yeah. then go, literally go above mm-hmm. what it took. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm like you see this is something that um that God's been kind of convicting me of um a little bit is that you're you chase after or you invest your time your yeah. energy your money in the things that you're most hungry for 100% uh you know it a lot of people it's super easy to lay down $1200 to get the newest phone but when was the last time they put that in an offering at 100%. A church? you know it's easy for someone to yeah. drive like eight, 12 hours to go to Disney World with their family. But when was the last time they've drove, yeah. driven eight or 12 hours to yeah. be in a place where the anointing yeah. is? You know, yeah. it's, it's where, where revival is breaking out. I mean, when the, uh, what was the revival in Florida? Brownsville? Yeah, the Brownsville. Yeah. Like people would drive from, from uh, like the opposite end of, yeah. of Canada. Yeah. Like they would get in big vans and drive down just because that's where revival was breaking out. Why? Because they were hungry. Yeah. They were hungry for God. Like I, I, they were willing to do whatever it took, take two weeks off of work, maybe yeah. three weeks, a week driving down, like however long that would take. Yeah. But, but it shows that there is a hunger for that. You know, I, like I, I remember I would have some teenagers that would come to me saying, I, I just don't have time to come to youth group. I don't have time to be there. And, and I would just tell them, you make time for the things that are most important to you. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, like not in a condemning way, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, well, well, I have to work. Okay, well, j- j- I just want you to know that the t- you set aside time for the things that are most important yeah. for you. I mean, if you're at church on Sunday, that's good. If you're take, having devotion times, that's good. But you, as long as you're having that community, not yeah. forsaking the gathering. Um, and that's, that took a lot of humility on my part as a youth pastor to be like, they're at church on Sunday. You know, maybe they're participating in a life group. If they're not at youth group, like, you know, that doesn't mean that, they're not, you know, they're backsliding or something like that. But as long as they're doing like yeah. part of the gathering, but the, but just letting them know you make time for the things that are most important yeah. for you. And, and that's something that, you know, that we really need to, to, to kind of take yeah. some time to just reflect, you know, how much time am I investing yeah. in the word of God? How much time am I investing? Is this, is the way I spend my time and money showing a hunger? What, 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 what hunger is, is, is that, displaying to Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Well, Teddy, yeah. uh, Teddy, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., you know, he was the first person, person, he was the first person I ever heard teach on this. And one of the first ways I heard him do it was he was talking about his money. You know, pastor says it a lot. Finances are like Bible 101. It's like the yeah. basics of Bible. And so Teddy was talking about how if he won't spend it on Jesus, like if he hasn't given a seed that big, he won't spend it on something else. And I remember hearing that and doing exactly what you're talking about, taking an inventory on, what am I spending my money on? What's the last big purchase I made? And I remember immediately thinking, have I ever given God that much money before? Mm -hmm. Like George and I, we've, um, we've taken vacations before and I've, I've literally, before we've gone, I've thought, have George and I ever given an offering this big? Have we, is this, have we sown this amount before? Because I want to show God that he means more to me 
than other stuff means to me. <clears throat> and you know, the time, oh my goodness. Ted, again, this is Teddy, but Teddy has posed the question in so many services I've been in, where he's like, when's the last time that you binge watched a TV series? Like, mm. when, what's the last TV series you binge watched? And he, I've heard him do it at youth rallies and kids will holler back with The Office, Parks and Rec, like mm. I did it with Blue Blood, whatever it is. Mm. And he's like, yeah, well, let's take The Office. The Office is, you know, 20, 22 minutes of content, just roughly. You watch like 20, 20 episodes in a season. 20 times 20 is what? I don't know. Math is hard. Um, 800 minutes? 400 minutes? I don't know. Math. Two times two. I don't know. I'm assuming four. four but I like multiplied it more. Either way, it's a lot of minutes. When's the last time you spent that with Jesus? Not in church. When's the last time you personally spent that with Jesus? When's the last time you prayed that much? <clears throat> and there have been times I've done this great. There have been times I've not done this great. But at the same token, it's something I've used to check me on. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, if I was to take like a time management schedule and I was to look at what I've been spending my time on, this would show that free time is worth this much mm-hmm. and God time is worth mm-hmm. this much. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me feel and pathetic. <clears throat> like not in a condemning way, but in mm-hmm. a... I can do so much more. I can do bigger for God. And when you do that, when you, when you devote that time or those finances, God will meet it every time. Yeah. I remember when you were talking about that, it brought up when I first started the business and the accountant said this and I was sitting in the service and he told me to give an amount that was going to leave me less than the amount I was going to sow in the account. And it's like, man, I've got, you know, business insurance, all this coming out. Like, that's not going to be, it's not going to leave me enough. And I argued for a while and then, Finally, it just it hit me like it's not my business; it's his. So if that's what he's telling me to do, then he'll bring it back. Yeah. And I got up, went to the truck, got the, and then within two or three days, eight jobs came in. So it's like, no matter how much time you give to him, he'll repay you that time. Mm-hmm. No matter how much finances you sow into him, he's going to give it right back to you. Because when you're doing that, you're showing that I'm hungry after you. I'm making you a priority. Not my bank account, not my TV time, not my social network time. You come first, and he'll meet you every time with it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just how he works, and David knew that. Yeah. And hu- hunger is developed, too. Yeah, for sure. Like coffee, for example. I'd say 90% of people who drink coffee the first time despise it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, as time goes on, like if they continue to drink it, it yeah. eventually they acquire a taste for it. It get you know, and they, they get to a point where, oh, I, I can't go a day without having my coffee. Yeah. You know, it, cause, why? Because it's an acquired taste. It, I'm an exception to that rule. <laughs> what? Have, have you drinking a lot of coffee though? Mm-hmm. Really? And you still despise it? I'm not. Have, have you doused it in sugar? That's the only way I can do it. There you go. So <laughs> you doused it in sugar, and then as time it. goes on, you can take less and less sugar. Like. <laughs> But like, if you're diligent enough, eventually you'll you'll acquire yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you, a lot of people eat a lot of junk food just because it's easier and convenient. And, yep. And um, but if but if you begin to to um, change your diet to where you know you start eating more healthy healthy food, like that's yeah. a, that that was a huge culture shock whenever I started dating Serena. Is like I went to her parents' house once and. I'm like, where's your snack? Where, like, do you have any snacks? And she's like, yeah, it's in this drawer. And I opened it. It's like wheat thins and like things that aren't snacks. Like I'm looking for like the tasty cakes and all that stuff. 
and like, and like, I'm like, can I have a sandwich? And all they had was rye bread, you know, and like multi-grain stuff. And I'm like, where's the white bread? But, um, but like the longer we've been together though, like especially since we've been married, you know, I, I worked my way to honey wheat bread. <laughs> you know, that was a big step. And then I went to wheat bread and now we have some kind of weird thing that we get at Aldi's. But like, but what happened was I started changing my taste mm-hmm. for things that were better for me. Now we really don't even eat, use bread. You know, it's just, but like, and, and now, like, and then I, I cut, for a while I cut out soda, you know, yeah. and I stopped, like I would, I would drink it all the time. But the funny thing was, this isn't a health seminar, um, you go just for to it. clarify. People need to hear it. But, uh, but, when I, but the funny thing is when I determined that I was going to stop drinking soda, like the next day, like I came into my office and there's like a 32-pack of Mountain Dew yes. on my desk. I'm like, yep. get behind me, Satan, after I finish drinking these. <laughs> um, well, well, like to, to, as you're talking, like that's mm-hmm. immediately what came up to me because what happens is after you make this decision, like I'm mm-hmm. going to be hungry mm-hmm. for God and yeah. I'm all in for God, mm-hmm. immediately the thief comes to steal the seed oh, yeah. of the word. Yeah. And so immediately there's going to be, there has the potential to be a mm-hmm. temptation mm-hmm. or an option to stop. Yeah. And we don't, you know, Creflo Dollar, Creflo, Bill Winston, one of them, don't remember which one. Um, they had, I, I think it was Creflo, had a statement that I don't have the right to any other option except for Jesus. Like, I don't have the right to another option. Mm-hmm. And when we allow ourselves to just be blown by every wind of doctrine, blown by every circumstance, I'm going to start, like, how many times have I done this? I'm going to start this diet tomorrow. And then yeah. tomorrow brings a birthday. And yeah. well, it, next day and then the next something all there's always, there's always an excuse there's yeah. always an option there's always a temptation but when you set your mind to i will hunger for god no matter <coughs> what mm-hmm. it removes the options off the table yeah like yeah. that soda wasn't an option mm-hmm. once you decided that soda yeah. wasn't well there. i mean look at it. jesus gave us all mm-hmm. he didn't hold anything back nothing whatsoever mm-hmm. he he didn't have to but he did what it took mm-hmm. for the race to be won so that we can step in to that. Yeah. So when you look at it, and you look at it from that perspective, it's like, and especially like when it comes to fasting, I don't, but I really don't want to give up my steak. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus probably didn't either, but he did it yeah. so that you could have the option to give up your steak. Like, so when you start thinking about it and you really get down to the doing what it takes, yeah. it's like what we think can be hard, Jesus did so much more. Yeah. And it's like, man, when you stop and you think about it, it's like, I can't do this. It's like, oh, but you can. If he can go to the cross for us, mm-hmm. then we can give up a soda. Yeah. We can give up a meal. Yeah. We can give up some money. We can give up some time. Yeah and all that our mind only uses like 40 percent of what it's capable of using we're capable as people of doing so much more than we think we are like physically mentally there's an endurance with this within us that we haven't even begun to tap into yet for sure yeah and you know it's it's like i mean the verse that we didn't get to yet paul said but i discipline my body yeah and i bring it into subjection lest when i have preached to others i myself could become disqualified like 
We need, like, th th this is what I was talking about, like, with the food. Like, I have to discipline myself to stop, like, yeah. ingesting the junk. And this is something we need to yeah. do spiritually. You know, I need to stop ingesting the junk and start yeah. disciplining myself. You know, w like, I'm not saying if you, you're, you know... If you're a new Christian, to start praying four hours a day because, like, you, you, you have to build but, up. but what you do is, you know, you begin to, you begin to take those steps. I'm going to discipline myself yeah. for the next t 15 minutes and just pray and see God. And as you yeah. begin to do that, you'll acquire a taste for it, so that whenever the spiritual junk comes before you again, yeah. like, <clears throat> like the first time I had a soda after like months of not having it, like I didn't like it. It like burned. It was yeah. like, what the heck is this? How did I enjoy this? Yeah, yeah, like I remember the. I used to eat Big Macs all the time. I loved them. You know, like I loved how like it would make my heart feel like it was getting ready to stop. <laughs> But like, what but, a thrill! What right? An what a rush. thrill! Like <laughs> such an adrenaline rush. <laughs> but like when I had a, a Big Mac for the first time in like months, all of a sudden I'm like, <clears throat> how did I used to enjoy this? You know? Yeah. And, and and so like when we discipline ourselves, to, we we will get to a point where the things that we used to enjoy, yeah, like we'll we'll grow a dis distaste for that because yeah. it's just spiritual junk, and we'll be like, you know, like you like there have been several times where like we start watching a show that. You know, it's not a bad show, but all of a sudden we're like, yeah. let's turn on a broadcast. Let's listen to some teaching. Yep. Let's pray. You know, like why? Because we've acquired an appetite for things that are healthier for yes. us. And, and that's what. And, and so, like, if you're not like absolutely like all out, man, I'm just so hungry for the things of God. Yep. Start to discipline yourself. Start to do the things that you know you should be doing. So, uh, you know, that's it's the key is. Doing the things that we know we should be doing consistently. Yeah. We know we should be fasting. We know we should be praying. We yeah. know we should be reading the Word of God. But but if you would if you were to ask a majority of Christians in America today, how many of you do that regularly they and don't. consistently? Mm -mm. The the answer would probably mm -hmm. be pretty pretty low. And and so if we want to see revival, if we want to see a growth of hunger, yeah. if we want to see the giant wake up, yeah. you know, it's doing the things we know we should already be doing consistently. And regularly. Well, and Pastor has a quote that he, um, that the Holy Spirit gave him. You know, he looks for people who will do the right things for long um, periods mm -hmm. of time. And yeah. what you're talking about, that it's momentum. You know, yeah. you can start something. Mm -hmm. It's like working out. The first time you work out, yeah. Stinks. Like it is not fun unless you are a weirdo like George, maybe. I don't know. But the first time you work out, it's generally yeah. not fun. Mm -hmm. And you feel it the next day. Yeah. You feel the side effects of it. And, you know, the next day, still not super great. You give it a weekend and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it becomes easier and yeah. you can do more. And mm -hmm. then you can build up your endurance. It's momentum. But if you yeah. start it, go a week and then try and start it again, you're basically putting yourself at square zero. Yeah. And it's that way with spiritual things. Like if you pray 20 minutes today, woohoo, and you don't pray again for a month, those 20 minutes are going to be hard the yeah. next month. Mm -hmm. But as you pray 15 minutes yeah. one day, then you pray 15 minutes the next day, then maybe you pray 20. Mm -hmm. You know, we do a 6 a.m. prayer here at the church. And the very first time I ever prayed an hour, it was with like an hour straight. It was with pastor and we were at um, some other church like praying for an event. And I think it was like a two hour long prayer meeting. And we got past hour one and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's more of this? Like, what are we, what are we gonna do? This is a long time to be praying. Mm -hmm. But I'm at the point now where if I pray less than 30 minutes, like at a time, it feels weird. Mm -hmm. Like 
I'm not accomplishing what I need to accomplish because I know how much more there is as you press in. And it's that way. You stop your momentum and you're just going to have to restart it every single time. And that's why it's good, too, to surround yourself with people that have that same mentality. Yeah. Like David with Jonathan, the covenant that was there, like Jonathan was with him. If you're trying to move that boulder, it's hard to start to get it going by yourself. But if yeah. you've got somebody yeah. that's there with you with the same mindset, the same yeah. hunger, yeah. it's a lot easier to get that going. And then when you have like morning prayer, I'm sure mornings where nobody's been here, it's still tough. But when you have you know two or three people show up that's going to dedicate that time, it makes pushing into that prayer time a lot easier. Yeah. So that's another reason why it's important to surround yourself with people that have the like hunger like you do that are willing to sacrifice things like you are. And it makes it easier to grow <clears throat> and also to, to push past those boundaries. I know when, before we started coming to Boomerang, I had checked everything off and once we started coming. It was tough, but being around people and spending time with people who were after the same things made it a lot easier to keep going because then when you felt like you hit that stumbling block and he tried to come in and steal something, You've got people around you that are yeah. saying, no, that's not it. Let's push together. Mm -hmm. And it makes that momentum get built a lot faster and a lot mm -hmm. easier. So then whenever those little obstacles come, it's not something that's going to stop it. it just, it's just another bump and that you just roll over and you crush it as you go forward. That's good. Yeah. I mean, what, like, that's I why really I'm... like that we're going in a circle, by the way. I don't know are if we? you've, like, consciously done this, but we've done this, like, almost the whole time. That. It's really fun. That's sweet. So, That's sweet. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, just kind of car carrying off, you know, with that, it, what we've been doing the last two months is either, is either developing momentum or... Because, yeah. I mean, Pastor Brian said how many times, what God's about to do this Sunday is going to be big. Oh, yeah. Pentecost Sunday, and, like, we're really excited, but, like, have you been developing th up yeah. the momentum? And, and a lot of the people that I see in the comments are people that I've been seeing on here consistently yeah. for these last few months. So, like, what we've been doing is, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. We're developing our spirit yeah. and developing our hunger so that when God begins to move, we'll be ready to roll with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I read a statistic um, uh, on the Internet, which every statistic on the Internet is factual, but I, I so but, get why you're friends with Buddy. Like I so get it. You and George but, and Paul. But it was it was it was from a Christian resource that that is, I believe, reputable. Um, I forget who it was. So <laughs> I think it's reputable. We'll see. I'll have to look this up afterwards. So you know, take this go with a grain of salt. John the Baptist Jr. found himself the such internet. Such a horrible like precursor <laughs> to what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is probably true and probably not. But you know, we're gonna Just go with it. Just pick whichever side you want. Flip a yeah, coin. Flip Good. a coin. I'd say. <laughs> 50-50, I don't know. But, um, but what I read was uh, they were talking about how um, it, it was a statistic of how many people have been consistently mm -hmm. you know, watching yeah. the online services. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who that was? Were they reputable? Well, if you saw it, then it might be it. reputable. I don't know. But, um, but the statistic was they, they asked people, how many, of you, how many have been watching their online services uh, through their church? How many of them have been watching more than one online service? Yeah, yeah. And how many people have just been doing nothing at all? And I think 48%. And the kids program, too. Like, that was, kids, like, nothing. Really? Nobody. Like, 20% yeah. maybe. maybe. Wow. But, but, but the statistic of people who didn't do anything during the quarantine was 48%. Mm -hmm. Something like that. 
um, and I'm doing that by memory, so I could have that wrong too. But it, but I, I it was yeah. close to 50%, and it blew my mind. Yeah. You know, and and it goes and it shows you how many people have been take how many people have taken advantage of this time to really develop their spirit because this has been the perfect time. Yeah. I mean, so many people have been stuck in their homes doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. This is the time to develop that strength. Yeah. I mean, how many years did David spend essentially doing nothing, just watching the sheep yeah. all day? You know, but but he didn't just see. This is uh, the man who would be king, the man who would be a, uh, that's a, a leader. Brian, I, that's what I'm going right for. There. The man who would be king, <laughs> man who would be a leader, a boss. When uh, did he get here? When did Pastor pull up? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what, what you know, the man who would do, like during those times of of quarantine, David spent so many years ba- essentially in quarantine. Yeah. What he did in that time is what led him to be a king. Yeah. yeah. You know what he did in that time is what developed him. Uh, yeah. spiritually and prepared him he disciplined himself to where he wasn't just out there like i'm just here with all these sheep you know we'll just watch him play games with them you know uh boo them and see if they fall over is that just goats do sheep yeah. do that no. you know have so. you ever seen the videos where they oh, scare the goats in the, sheep? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Is goats. It, goats, yeah. I, I don't know if that works with sheep but you know if i was a shepherd i would do that absolutely a lot but he didn't spend all of his time doing that he spent his time Worshiping God, playing the harp, singing, develop, just developing and cultivating that abiding in, in God and God yeah. abiding in him. And because of that, God r- rose him up. Well, it wasn't even that he, he set time aside. Mm-hmm. Even when he was working, yeah. he took God mm-hmm. with him. Yep. Yeah. So That's even true. as he's working, tending the sheep, mm-hmm. he still found time mm-hmm. to have a relationship with God. Yeah. So no matter what... Even when the world said he was busy, yeah. mm-hmm. and he technically didn't have time to stop and read his Bible, sure. yeah. he still found a way to bring God into it. Mm-hmm. How many of us actually take God into our work? That's true. How, many, how many of us actually conversate with him while we're on our job? Mm-hmm. I know that's one thing that I, I need to get better at, like, a lot of times I'll listen to the word like as I'm driving to a job or if the homeowner's not there, I'll put my Bluetooth speaker in and have praise music going. But then sometimes I'll let homeowners being home while I don't want to offend them. Mm-hmm. Well, my mentality needs to get to where, well, if it offends them, they'll come say something to me. Mm-hmm. And then that'll lead, open a door for me to say, well, you know, this, this, and this kind of thing. So... I know, and I know not all businesses are going to let you do that, but have you tried? Have we tried? Because the people that we interact with our workplace, maybe if we took God with us to, the, to those places, maybe that would be the first time they ever get to experience God or get to hear about him is by you or us or me taking him with us to it. And that's when you're, it's not no longer your job. Now you're doing his job, what he's called you to do. And you're getting an extra benefit out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, what, I was reading the comments, um, what stuck out to me as y'all are talking is, you know, you brought up a great point um, a couple, couple circles ago about how important it is to surround yourself with people to help it be easier. But the statistic that you pointed out reflects that it doesn't matter like, it matters who's around us, but ultimately, it's our decision what we do. Like, I can yeah. be around both Buddy and Paul, and they can be on fire for God. They can be completely all in for him, and I cannot be. 
Like it's, it's my decision what I do. And as believers, we have to take inventory of what's our responsibility and what's God's. You know, there's a covenant that we're in with him. This fellowship, like he, you, oh my goodness, read through the Old Testament. How many times God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. Like he's all in with being our God. Like he is all in with that. He's our God through and through. He's Jehovah. He's the great I am that I am. He's our provider. He's our way maker. He sent his son. His son has delivered us, saved us. Everything we need is found in the body and the blood. Every bit of God is ours, but we have a responsibility to be his people. Like that's not just going to happen. That doesn't just happen because I want it to happen. It doesn't just happen because I'm surrounded by people that also want it to happen. It happens when I commit my works to the Lord. And there's a part of it, like God's grace is what empowers us to be able to do it. But we have to choose to walk that grace out. Like, it's a commitment. It's a choice and a commitment to unconditionally give to the Lord. Unconditionally. Doesn't matter if it's easy. Doesn't matter if it looks fun. Doesn't matter anything other than God said, do it, and I will be a willing and obedient servant to him. And that's all that matters. That's why David was so great, because nobody was around him, and he still upheld what the Lord told him to do. Nobody watched him, and he still worshipped God. It didn't matter, because God mattered. God mattered to him. And when we take ownership of that, like, and I get really passionate about this topic, because I remember when I moved here, I grew up in a denomination that didn't super talk about this. And I remember moving here and realizing that God's not an angry God. God loves me. And not only does he love me, he's empowered me. And there's stuff that's on <clears throat> me. And for so long, it just was confusing of why is God letting this happen and this happen? And why do some people get promoted and I don't get promoted? And why does it go great? It's because of me. Like, <laughs> I determine what happens in my life by submitting to the Lord. Like, if I'm submitted to him, he will cause me to increase. He will cause me to triumph. He will cause me to be the head and not the tail. But it comes through obedience, hunger, and humility. Mm -hmm. I'm that, I am what determines my outcome. I'm the decision maker in that way, not him. He's already decided it. He's already decided who I am. I need to decide who I am. Yeah, I mean, you see the love of God in the scripture that says that God is searching. Mm -hmm. His eyes are going to and fro over the earth looking <clears throat> for somebody to show himself strong. Mm -hmm. But it's, he's, not, he's just not looking for anybody. Uh, the Bible says he's someone whose heart is towards him. Yeah. And, and like, if you're listening today. Impure toward him. Yeah. Impure. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're listening today, you're on the right path. Because, yeah. because just watching this and... And like, and you know, and sticking with it, you know, yeah. uh, throughout this this hour or so, you know, you're you're showing that I have a heart to know God. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, the what, what uh, the the God said, uh, let the rich not boast in their riches, let not the wise boast in their wisdom, but let him who boasts boast in this, yeah. that they know me. See that that's what God yeah. wants. He he just wants us to know him. He wants us to understand. He wants to have that relationship with his. Yeah. He's looking for people. Yeah. People whose hearts are in the right place. People whose hearts are pure uh, and have a desire and a hunger. God, I want to know you yeah. and to know, to know who you are. What Didn't Paul say to know him and Christ yeah. crucified? Like, I want to know my God and have that relationship with him. The relationship that Moses had. 
where the Bible says he made, he made his acts known to Israel, but his ways were known yeah. to Moses. Yep. You know, I don't want to just know, see the things that God does, you know, reading in an article. Oh, yeah. Wow. God healed someone over there or seeing a video. Oh, wow. God did something yeah. for them. How cool. But he wants us to know his ways so yeah. that we can actually walk in it. Yeah. Yeah. We can walk in his ways. We can understand who he is, his nature, his character, his love for us. And that comes through hunger and humility. And wasn't it, Pastor, just yesterday, I think it was Pastor, and it struck me, the sentence struck me, why on earth should God have to search to and fro for somebody mm -hmm. whose heart is pure toward him? Yeah. Why on earth should God have to do that? Yeah. You know, he's, he's made everything available to us. Mm -hmm. He's given us everything we'll ever need. Why on earth should it be a search for him? It should be like a kid at recess time who wants to be the tagger and everybody's jumping. Me, yeah, I do. Yeah. Everybody should be, the, should be that woman with the issue of butt, blood pushing through the crowd to get to him. Everybody should be ripping ceilings off to get to Jesus. That should be everybody, not the few, not the, not the proud, not the chosen. It yeah. should be everybody. That mm. should be the norm. That's yeah. God's normal. Yeah, the, the scripture that just came to me, that ju it just left me. Never mind. It'll come back. It'll be great. Came and gone. See, he comes to steal the word. Yeah. Wait, well, ah. it's in that, it's in that passage. Um, it came back. The, so, the Spirit's awesome. you know, so, I know, right? That, that was the Spirit, man. Um, no, the passage that just came to me was um, that the seed scattered among the thorns. Yeah. The thorns come and choke up the yeah. word and it becomes unfruitful. Yeah. And, and, um, the, you know, God, God, God's just been showing me this, that a majority of people who backslide don't do it because they just forget about God. You know, who, who cares about God? They have a desire to know him. But what happens is, that, like, they get overwhelmed with just yeah. the cares of this world. You know, the, the job you got. I mean, like, especially in today's world, yeah. you know, where, where, like, my phone has, like, of, like you get texts. You know, you, you, people yeah. are striving for your attention. Yep. You know, uh, your, your I'm job. I'm paying attention. I'm looking at yeah. the verse right now. I'm there not just go. texting. Like, like so important. many people striving from, for your attention. Your boss, you know, your, uh, you know, your kids' teachers. You got everyone on Facebook and, and you know, people, your family texting you and, uh, you know, your kids' sports programs. And yeah. there's so much stuff, you know, that we just become so overwhelmed with it. That's literally the tears coming up. Yeah that choke out the word so that it becomes unfruitful. And that's why it's so important to do, yeah. you know, the things that we were talking about, you know, uh, being willing to set things aside because people don't get burned out because they're following the will of God. They get burned out because they add things yeah. that, that God never intended them to add that's to, good. to their lives. Yeah. And that's what causes them to burn out and become unfruitful. And so it's important for us to be willing to set things aside, to separate ourselves. Yeah. I mean, if, if there was anybody who was the busiest person in all of existence, it was probably Jesus. Yeah. You know, people would flock him. But the Bible says in the book of Luke that he regularly, regularly separated himself to pray. Yeah. He regularly found, put himself in a secluded area so that he can commune with God yeah. and abide with God. And if Jesus had to do that, how much more do we have to do? Yeah. That? Well, and you're talking about... Um... You know, the verse you're talking about was in Matthew 13. And what immediately popped up to me was, you know, this entire section talks about the type of ground that seed can fall on. Like, yeah. it, can be, it can be rocky. It can be just thrown on the ground and birds eat it. It can be rocky ground. Um, you know, the seed can be 
uh, uprooted because the soil wasn't deep. Mm -hmm. um, it can be too hot, so there's not shade. You know, yeah. it can be scattered among the thorns. But it says, but other seeds fell into good ground mm -hmm. and produced grain 160 and 30 times as much. Yeah. Good ground. Who determines the ground? Like, you, when you buy a house, mm -hmm. you can have a whole bunch of different type of ground out there. You can have rocky, you can have really great soil, but if you want to have a garden, it's your responsibility to till the ground to make it what you need it to be. Like, if you want to plant to yield a harvest, you've got to work that ground. And our responsibility is to make sure that we are fertile soil, so yeah. that way, when the seed is planted, it doesn't get uprooted, it doesn't get choked out, it doesn't just fall over because the roots weren't deep. It's good ground that when the seed is in there, it stays forever. It's there to live and produce. And as a leader, that's your job. Yeah. Is to make sure that ground yeah. is tilled, it's fertilized. So when the people come and it's your opportunity to deliver the word the way God has called you to deliver the word, mm -hmm. it's receptive. It's yeah. easy to take in. It's easy for them to plant theirself in that place and that's what when you follow the leadership the way we've learned here that's what we do yeah. it's it takes a group to to cultivate something like that mm -hmm. and as the leader's job it's to be able to give his whole attention mm -hmm. to the people and that's what pastor does that's why we have an ELT we have building teams we have functional teams so that he can step back and worry and do what he's called to do so he can give 100% to that field, to Boomerang, to the people that are here so that they can plant, they can receive, and then that way they can go and they can be fruitful and bring more seed in, you know, bringing people in. Like, if we hadn't, if Pastor hadn't dedicated and and done the work that he he's done, the time that he's spent with with the Lord, the the hunger that he's had, mm -hmm. what would it? What kind of example would it have yeah. set for us? Would we be going after that hunger? Would we be willing to really dig down, plant ourselves in it? Probably not, because if you see the leader not wanting to do that, mm -hmm. so that's where we've really got to do that. We've got to make sure because there's people watching you, yeah. how you act, how you react, how you hold yourself accountable, is what the people see. Yeah. And that's one thing that I can say with our pastor is he has been a great example of what a leader is supposed to be. According to the word he has followed, the word has been his foundation on, on what he's, he's been doing for a long time. Both he and, and it's Nicole. Yeah, and it's shown because it's not just the, the number that's in the seats. It's the lives that are growing in those seats, the seeds that are, are being fruitful in those seats that are going out and winning souls and it's not just having to be the pastors. The congregation is going out winning souls. The congregation is going out helping people that need help, yeah. whether it's with a flat tire that's in the parking lot or if it's somebody that's been sitting in the parking lot, don't know what to do, going out and talking to them, ministering to them. Yeah. It's because we've seen our leadership do that so we know what the standard did. They, they've set the standard and help us and pointed us to the word of how to do it. Well, before you can till, you know, you're talking about him, like 
managing the, this field in mm -hmm. Boomerang. Before he could ever do that, he had to do it to himself. And you mm -hmm. said that too. You know, there's an adage that gets said, and it's a bunch of crap, that those who can do and those who can't teach, no, you should not be teaching if you can't do it. Yeah. If you can't do it, then stop. <laughs> but he had to first be able to understand how to cultivate the field within himself, how to soften his heart, how to make it fertile, how to do all of that stuff before he could then teach us. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd only be like half-baked fields, and mm -hmm. nothing would get planted in us because he would but that's not who he is. You have to know how to do it before you teach it. So as a leader, you have to know how to cultivate that within you before you then go and bless somebody up and down because they're not living at a level of fruit that you yourself don't produce. We've, it's got to start with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, I made a weird face to you, but that's just because something like hit me. So I, I, I believed just, you. I just stared at her like that. <laughs> Ooh. And then, um, but uh, Pastor... Pastor Brian says this often. Pastor J.B. Woodfield, though, says growth without change is impossible. Is impossible. Yeah. Um, and you know, and w I was, we were, we were listening to his Tuesday teaching thing, Tuesday tips, whatever it's yeah. called. Um, and uh, and he talked about how there were three stages of of growth. You know, it starts with personal, then you change the culture, and then it's constructive. But but like what just hit me though with that quote, "Growth without change is impossible," is if you want to grow, like garden or plant something, which we've been talking about, sow a seed, there has to be a change in the soil. Yeah. You know, you can't just, yeah. you, like, anytime you're getting ready to, to, to garden, you have to break up the soil. You yeah. have to change something. And, cha and obviously, change is uncomfortable. But if we are all, always fighting change, you know, like, yeah. you can go to, like, a church where if you, if you move a plant, like, four feet to the left, people will leave the church just because, like, they... People don't like change. People are finicky. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so, like, but, but without change, you need, there needs to be constant change and constant yeah. tilling of that, of that ground and of that soil. Obviously, once the, you, you plant it, you don't keep yeah. tilling it. But if you want to experience growth in your life, there has to be some ground that you till before so that the seeds can yeah. be planted in you. Well, well it's what, work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Work has to be put in. Yeah. Like, you have to, and your work is... Meditate on my word day and night, putting yeah. in the time and the effort to get mm -hmm. to know him. Yeah. And that's what um, one of the guys that me and Johnny was ministering to Sunday, that's what I told him before I left. I was like, he's immediately going to come to steal this. Like, mm -hmm. know that. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you go home and you start reading the word. Mm -hmm. And literally he called me the very next day and was like, can you pray with me? And had a situation come up and I was like, I told you yesterday, the decision you made, he's going to try to come and take it from you. Yeah. I was like, but the thing that you did right was calling somebody who knew mm. something. Yeah. So I was like, so, and that's what I told him. I was like, you've got to start reading the word. You've got to get into it. I was like, mm. read a chapter, read it again, read it again. That way you're not just reading it, you're knowing it. So then when those things come up, your spirit goes, that's not right. Mm -hmm. That's going against what you just read. That goes against the word, so it's not right. Mm -hmm. And then you start understanding those things. So when those situations come up, you've put in the work to understand. So when, mm -hmm. like if you're gardening and you've been gardening for a while and you've got seeds planted and they start to sprout, well, you're going to know if it's a weed or if it's your crop coming up mm -hmm. because you've spent time doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what, when you meditate on that word, that's what it's doing is it's building that inside of you. So then when the things come up that aren't of God, that sometimes seem like they could be, 
your spirit immediately goes, no, that's yeah. not, it's not right. Uproot it. Take that thought captive. Mm-hmm. Go to your leadership. Talk to them. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what really blesses me just listening to you talk about that because I really think you and Serena um, are examples of what you talked about and here's Here's what I'm meaning. You know, you're talking about needing to change. Like, you can't grow unless you change. You know, Buddy and Serena just moved here. They were not only youth pastors at another church, they then planted themselves in another church until the Lord called them to boomerang. So they've, they've been in great ministries. They've been taught by other great pastors. And it would be very easy, you know, you've watched Buddy now for an hour on this broadcast. It would be very easy for Buddy to come in and present himself like, look how much Bible I know. Look how much word I know. I'm here to impart to you, and I'm here to give you. But that is not at all what they've done. You know, right out of the gate, Buddy has, they've watched the leadership training. He's watching pastor's mentors right now. They just decided that they're going to go to a conference in a whole nother state next month with other leaders in the church because pastor said it's important. They were willing to change every bit of what they knew was comfortable, was familiar, in order to fully submit themselves to pastor. You know how many people are have been in the body and have had pastors say repeatedly, you know, watch the leadership training, watch this, and they haven't done it? But yet immediately as you guys got here, it's I'm all in. I'm planted. I'm going to change what habits I've had. I'm going to be here at 6 a.m. prayer. I'm going to change my entire schedule around so I can uphold the vision God's called me to. That's where growth comes from is through obedience and humility to what the Lord says to do. Like just listening to you talk right there, bless me, because I know how rare it is for people to actually hear what pastor says and go and do it or go and listen to it or seek it out on their own. That's a heart that's after God. And that sort of heart is what we need to do all the time, not just to like brag you up, but like legitimately it's a rarity. It's not something that common people do. That's an uncommon practice for people who are about to be launched into something that is awesome. The end. Welcome to the awkward part where buddy just sits here. Well, I, <laughs> well, like there's thoughts that I have, but like one of the things that God's been kind of challenging me in is because, um, like, I want to say this with, uh, I know, the thing's right there on the computer. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, it's, it's just like, um, like being in ministry for four and a half years and then God, God's bringing me here. Um, one of the things, actually one of the first conversations we had with Pastor Brian was he saying, this is your time to, and I, I brought this up when I was on the broadcast before, but this is um, our time to lay the foundation. This is not a time to build a house. Mm-hmm. And so like, you like obviously this is different because we're teaching and we're doing yeah. a thing, but like, but like even when um, when like I'm having conversation with Pastor Brian or we're talking about leadership stuff, like what God keeps telling me, because like things come up and I'm like, oh, I can say this and impress him, you know, mm-hmm. like like oh, I can say this and, and you know, but what is that building my own house, yeah. you know, and you know so unless the Lord builds good. a house, the labor yeah. is labor in vain, and so like there's things that like come up and I'm like, oh, I can say this and he'll think I'm super smart, yeah. but like. But like each time God's saying, no, you're here to receive. You're yeah. not here to build your house. So, so really, you know, that, that's something that God's really been just continuing to remind me is that I'm not here to build my house. Yeah. I'm here because God brought me here. Yeah. And because, you know, whenever I came here for a kickstart in January, um, I knew that, like, j- heck, whenever I had my first conversation with Pastor Brian, I, 
Like I know in my spirit, there's something that he has that I need. Yeah. And, um, and so, and then God brought me here. And now my job here is to do whatever I can yeah. to not build my house, but to let God develop that foundation. Like, I don't want to impress, I'm not here to impress anybody, show anybody, you know, I'm here to just be, to just, you know, be led by the spirit of God. I'm, and I'm here to just literally soak in all yeah. that I can soak in. And like, it's a weird thing to say because it sounds prideful, you know, it's, but the reason why I, I'm here to just receive all that I can because what God's doing is he's laying a foundation yeah. and who knows how far down the road. It could be 50 years down the yeah. road. Like as long as I don't, don't allow pride or the enemy to come in and, you know, be like, all right, try to build your own house, try to impress people. But no, I'm, I just want to do what pastor, you know, needs me to yeah. do. Like if it's opening doors for him and holding his backpack, whatever it takes, like I just want to serve. Yeah. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to build up, build my own house. And, and that, that's a mentality that God's really been challenging me in yeah. because, you know, I can easily come here and be like, I have all this ministry experience. You should do it. You know, like in that, yeah. that, that'll, that's building your own house and that's just going to fall and people mm-hmm. are going to hate you if you yeah. have that spirit, you know, like, oh, look, he thinks he knows everything. Like, yeah, I, I, for sure. I, the, the longer I'm here, the more I realize I know nothing. And, and, um, and, and all that God has taught me over the last couple of years, you know, is this much compared to what all God you yeah. know, has for us. And it's, it's being willing to humble ourselves and recognize, like, I have so much further to go. Yeah. So I want to make sure that when I plant myself here, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to force, you know, force yeah. the growth. I'm just, I'm just going to be patient and submit like just like David did. I'm just going to be patient and just do what God wants me to do. Yeah. And then whenever and then whenever God begins to build it, you yeah. can't stop it. Well, the <clears throat> gift is what opens the door. You yeah. know, your gifting, mm-hmm. you know, your calling, that's what opens the door, but it's character that keeps you there. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about how, you know, yeah. thus far being here, you have been purposing yourself to do it, right? When I first got here, I, I did not do that. I, I Your testimony the, helped me, honestly. I, I took the impressive route is yeah. what I did. I'm like, I'm going to be so cool is what I'm going to be, and I'm going to show Pastor how smart I am and whatever. Yeah. And I would try to impress him. I would try to show off how much I knew. And it got to the point where he's like, just stop. Like, I know this all about you. I know that you are... Like, have all these things that you're trying to show me. I know it. Just stop it. Let God do it. And there was a time where I thought that I had, and he would show me this right here, that's pride too. This right here, that's pride too. And it's, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was there. And there was a point where he, he stopped me. He's like, if you, if you allow pride to stay here, the gift could open the door. You could, you could operate in the gift, but eventually it'll self-implode. If you don't get yourself rid of pride, you'll never be able to do what the Lord's called you to do because pride will kill it. Pride will kill the assignment. Pride will kill exactly what you're called to do because the Lord opposes the proud. So if you try to build the house thinking that you know everything, thinking that you're so smart, then God has to oppose that because he opposes the proud. Even if you're his child, he opposes that spirit of pride. Not you personally, but that spirit. He doesn't participate with it. And so staying in humility is staying with his spirit, staying with that presence of God. It's a huge thing. Yeah. The circle's coming to you. Yep. You've been chosen. Duck, duck, goose. I just seen that it's one, almost 1.30. Ooh.
We, we pulled a pastor without pastor here. <laughs> That's shocking. Either one of us could have done this for an hour and a half. But three of us together, I feel like this is really, like, we could have gone longer. <laughs> Do y'all have any questions about anything? We're not trying to be pastor, but we've, you know, all of us at different points have grown in leadership, and we've learned some things and done some things wrong, and the Lord's shown us how to work through different things. So if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, just put them in the comments. We'll give you guys a couple seconds. Um, I had fun. I'm glad you and Serena are here. Me too. Obviously, I'm glad you and Jade are here, but I could say that daily, and I feel like that would get old. I'm so glad one, you're here. I know Good one job. thing that we didn't mention that I think has helped me grow is seeing pastor admit where he's missed it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when we look at ministers, we think they're perfect. They've done er the reason why they're there is they've done everything right. Yeah. But the humility of saying, no, I haven't done everything right. I've missed it, but when I've missed yeah. it, I've went to find the answer, and it shows you, that shows you the humility yeah. and the hunger right there, all in one statement. He's humble enough to say that he has been wrong, yeah. but he's also hungry enough to find out For sure. where he went wrong, For sure. so that whenever we come up, he can be the example of how yeah. not to do that situation because yeah. of what he's, how he missed it and yeah. how he... He figured it out, so we don't have to go through that. And that's one of the things me and him, me and Pastor Brown was talking about. I think it was last week um, when we were sitting in his office. Was he was saying some of the things that I've done, or some of the things that I do, is things that he's done. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Let me help you and mm -hmm. show you, so you don't have to do the same thing. So it doesn't take you as long to get from here to here, because you've got somebody that's here in front of you." that's done it that way and mm -hmm. missed it. So I can show you how to go from here to here a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when you have a leader that's willing to step in that humility and admit they've messed up before, yeah. mm -hmm. it, it, makes it, it makes it easier to step in that humility because then it's like, man, well, if he can admit he's wrong, then I should be able to admit yeah. that I'm wrong because he stands up here on Sundays and says this and preaches and everything. So if he can stand there in front of 50 or 100 people and say, hey, guys, yeah. I missed it at this point, then why should I sit there and try to be prideful and say that I, I haven't missed it? Yeah. Because then I'm think, then what you're doing is you're thinking that you're actually better than that leader that's been put in front of you. And I think that's one of the most awesome things mm -hmm. about Pastor Brian is he's quick to admit that he has missed it and where he's missed it, and then how he went around to fix it, so we don't have to go through that same mess. Yeah. Amen. I don't see any questions, so if you do have them, you can always send them to the What's Right Facebook page, but we love y'all. Just real quick before we hop off, we want to pray for y'all, and we believe in you. Look, just like Paul said, every one of us at some point in time in our life has missed it, but we don't have to keep missing it. We yeah. can step out of the things that we have held us bound and step into freedom and peace and joy, and that's found in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So obviously, if y'all have anything, pray. But Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for an awesome broadcast. Lord, thank you for teaching us, oh my goodness, that you would use people like us, that you would use people who have failed you in the past and completely transform them into new creatures, completely make us brand new, wash us clean without even the stain of sin. What a God you are. 
how wonderful you are, Lord. You're just so good and gracious, and you are worthy of all praise. Lord, just right now, every person that's watching, every viewer, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that willpower, strength, and resilience rises up in them now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, that there is a distaste that is developed in them for the things of this world, and thank you for cultivating in them right now a hunger and a taste that can only be satisfied by the living God. Lord, let every evil thing, every evil plan that was built up against somebody watching in the name of Jesus, may it be destroyed now. Let every weapon formed against them be exposed. It will not prosper, but it's destroyed. And we thank you, Father, that today, through the word being preached, that faith has risen up, that the ground has been freshly tilled. And in Jesus' name, let this seed be deeply rooted and planted inside of each and every single one of us. And I I call it to produce a harvest in their lives, a harvest in their families. Let it produce life and life in abundance, which is what you desire for us. It's why Jesus came for us to have that life and that life in abundance. So, Lord, may it be so now in the name of Jesus. Ondo koriata kayati aka. Ayati okoriata kayati aka. Amen. Lord, we love you. I, I was saying, Lord, we love you because I'm in prayer mode, but I'm staring at you, so I hope that wasn't awkward. Lord, we love you. No. <laughs> He's watching. He's watching through the broadcast. That's true. But not just one get, camera, all that cameras. That didn't get weird. That was, I feel like that got weird between me and the viewer. I'm sorry for assaulting <laughs> you like that. <laughs> we love y'all so much. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to be back tomorrow, noon. Be here. It's going to be awesome. And we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining. Love you. Finger guns. Pew, pew. <laughs> Bye. Have a good day. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, 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 I'